now serving butter and bacon. The good stuff. Are there any local theme parks to you? Oh, or, or, or amusement uh, Kentucky parks? Kingdom. There's um, there's Kentucky Kingdoms over in Louisville, and then Kings Islands is up in Cincinnati. Um, I've never been to Dollywood, but that's down in Pigeon Forge. Um, those are the three that I know of. How far is Cedar Point? Is that in Ohio? No, that's on, that's on the Lake Shore. Uh. Cedar Point is way up by, like, Michigan and stuff, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, 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 on, that's on Lake Erie. Okay. I've never been yeah, there. I just, I've just heard of it. Just, yeah, that's... well, I mean, I, let me tell you, that that's the part for me with nothing but roller coasters. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I already tour like I'm 85 years old, so I, I don't think Cedar Point's going to be exactly the best that, use of my funds. That, that, that may not be your jam right there. So, no, it's not my jam. Now, Paul, you you have like a, a place in your backyard, right? Uh, yeah, I'm about a half an hour from Six Flags Great Adventure, which is see, I want to be I want to be a half an hour. No, you don't. Something. You, you well, you wouldn't like Six Flags Great Adventure because it is the world's largest theme park. They took that mantle from Animal Kingdom about three years ago when they took the what used to be separate driving um, safari. And made it an actual safari attraction. Right, right. I remember that. I remember when it was. So it's bigger by ten acres. <laughs> and I can I can say it's actually pretty good. You see a lot more animals than you do at Animal Kingdom. Well, um, it's nowhere nearly nearly as well themed. That was the place like, where it was close. notorious. Animals used to like jump on your car. Yes, and so they did. They did away with that. Oh, they did. Okay. Um. Yeah, but it also has a ton. Of roller coasters. Right. It also has a ton of fair rides, which I enjoy um, riding with my daughter before she was too old. You know, before she was tall enough to ride the roller coasters. Right, right. They got like the they got the merry-go-round and the Ferris wheel, and they've got the um, you know the pirate ship. Um, they have a mini mine train. You know, it they, sounds they just like Kings things. Island. It sounds like the same thing as Kings Island. Yeah. So now we have, so, we have Six Flags still, New England. I would still go, like, I would still go and, like, see characters. Like, I would go all the time. Yes, there are characters even, there. That's true, too. Like, even if I didn't go and, and ride everything, I would still go and enjoy it and, like, get a snack, get, like, an elephant ear or whatever, and, you know, walk around and enjoy the ambiance. But there's, like, <laughs> the nothing nice. here. Yeah. Well, Dean, what's new? We have Six Flags New England, which I have not been to since it was Riverside and got bought and rebranded. But I was going to say, much like Amy's talking, you know, they have a lot of characters and stuff up that way. But it is still roller coaster heavy. But that's that's probably an hour north of me, although it's like ten minutes from where I work. Um, but much. And what about Lake? I say uh, much, much closer to me is Just... Lake Lake Compounds and Lake Quasi. Quasi's tiny, um, but Compounds has been open since the 1800s. And it's yeah. awesome because they advertise their acreage, including the lake, <laughs> which is really not much you can do on. Um, but yeah, I mean it's 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 across the street from ESPN basically. But it's you know it's it's cute, it's local. We we've been there not in the last couple of years, but probably about three or four years ago is the last time we went. Nah, you know who else is cute and local are the people that just joined us. Hi, welcome to Butter and Bacon, where we discuss the good stuff of Disney. And actually, this episode's a little bit more about the good stuff of theme parks in general. I'm Polly. With us, as always, is Amy. Say hi, Amy. Hi, Amy. 
Awesome. And say hi, Dean. Hi, Dean. And um, not everybody here is local, Paulie. We are an international podcast. We are an international podcast. Thanks, in turn, to Amy. Who is now an international, international star. superstar. Yes. Right. Oh, I thought you were going to say that Kentucky was, like, international. <laughs> I was like, look. She's from the country of Kentucky. <laughs> Listen here. That's a Kentucky kingdom. That's an entire uh, kingdom. Yes, they have their own kingdom. Oh. Yeah, but uh, before we get into the topic of this week's show, uh, Dean, do you have some uh, housekeeping still, uh, hopefully? Yes, yes. Uh, I would like to, again, encourage folks to sign up for the Tiki Trot. And uh, uh, I'm going to put it on our podcast, although I put it on Twitter as well. Thank you to Mike Grawlman, who mentioned it on a recent show, and we've seen a good uptick in subscribers, I guess. I don't know, sign-uppers? Whatever you want to call it, a person... And race entrance, there you go. We've seen an increase in our race entrance, but I would like to see more, and more of you, in particular me, because I still need to sign up. Um, but we still have about a month or so, about six weeks left Same. on registration. <laughs> And, uh, you know, we've talked about the details before, $35, all proceeds going to a fantastic cause. Um, and you can get details at TikiTrot.com and follow us on Twitter at TikiTrot. So before we jump into today's main topic, Amy and Polly, I'd like to just bring up two things that we are going to be putting on in the next month or so. One, I think, very near and dear to Amy's heart. The other, maybe a little bit more for Polly, but you are both required to participate in both. And of course, I'm talking, Amy, about March Madness. You might know a little bit about March Madness. I love March Madness. Well, we here at the Butter and Bacon Podcast, all three love March Madness. So we want to put out our annual March Madness Bracket Challenge. Woohoo! For, it's a brop. Bragging rights only pool. Um, but we're <laughs> looking for everyone to sign up. So I'm mentioning this a little early. Uh, the brackets come out a week from today, if you're listening to this on Sunday. And the tournament starts, I believe it's March 16th. So you have a little bit of time to think about it, getting ready to sign up. We will be tweeting this as soon as we have the link available. Uh, we will, of course, go through ESPN because that being part of Disney seems like the right thing to do. And we want everyone to sign up. You do not need to know anything about college basketball to win a basketball pool. I assure you this. So... Uh, please, everybody, get out there, sign up, join us. Uh, I don't know, Amy, you think we need to go with Sheets of Integrity or Multiple Entry? Um, I, are, are you a Sheet of Integrity gal? I am always in favor of one single bracket. Okay. One. One and shot I, to win it all. That's all these players get. That's all that we I'm, get. I'm gonna, one shining I'm moment. Gonna, you reach <laughs> for the stars. One shining moment on saying, you knew you were alive. Kentucky's going to make it a couple of rounds in your bracket. That's my prediction. Mm, they might. They, they might. might. So, Amy, I hope that you will uh, help spread the word. I know Polly, I, we're going to try to do our best, get everybody involved, and I'm asking our listeners to retweet the tweet and get as many people as we can. We had a really good turnout last year for this. So I'm hoping everybody's back and we get to add to that number. I'm going re- to recruit... Like a, like a college basketball coach, I will do my best to recruit and get people yep, to join just, in and submit brackets. And um, I, I need you to go more Coach K than a Patino because we don't want any one and dones. We want people to come back year after year and, and enter. Is that a Coach Calipari dig? Ooh, it might have been. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I said Patino, though. I said you Patino. You said Patino, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right. Well, the other thing is something that we want to uh, expand on from our fantasy football season, and we are going to do a fantasy baseball league. So I'm in the process of getting that prep now. And again, we we'll, uh, want to open that up to our listeners. So if you will DM the show, make sure you're following us on Twitter at Butter and Bacon. Send us a message. Let us know you're interested in joining the Fantasy Baseball League. Uh, we're going to see how many teams we get before I can really tell you the structure. Um, but I am planning on it being kind of football-like in the sense that we're going to do weekly matchups in a points-based league. It doesn't have to be crazy rotisserie style where that involves a lot more work and a lot more effort. So We need to think of a, of a hashtag, kind of like cleat foot for football. We need to think of one of those for baseball. All right. Well, that will be your specialty to uh, add to this league, along with being an. Owner. I'm gonna have to have to marinate on that. I, yeah, I I know next to nothing about baseball these days, so whatever I pick is sure to be hilarious and very easy to defeat. So, cool. yep. In your area of Kentucky, that who is the sort of local baseball team, if you will? The Cincinnati Reds. Still, the Reds don't mm-hmm. know. Okay. Yeah. So. Uh, I, I, my dad watches the Reds. He watches almost every game, every season of the Reds, whether they're good or bad. So, uh, who knows? I also have never done fantasy sports before, never in my life. So this is going to be a very interesting experiment. I have done March Madness brackets a lot, but I've never done fantasy sports. That doesn't surprise me at all that you've done March Madness. <laughs> it should it should come as no surprise. I my cousin and I we used to take poster board and take a ruler and measure out to where we could make hash marks, and then we would take markers and draw out a big bracket. It, it was a painstaking process. It would take hours for us to do this, and then we would fill it awesome. out as the games were played. It was awesome, man. I had like one of those big yardsticks, and I used to measure it all out and draw it all. Oh, so much fun. That's fantastic. See, I, and I longed for the days when you'd get out the the red highlighter and the green highlighter mm-hmm. for your bracket. And the green mm-hmm. highlighter meant your team was still alive. Mm-hmm. And the red well, I will... meant you went Michigan State in the first round, and they lost. Ooh, that yeah. hurts. That hurts. <laughs> We're, we're oh, I will tell you, totally, I we're like Carousel of Progress right now with the grandpa. He's like, back in my day, we had poster board and yardsticks, and we <laughs> we drew our bracket. Now we got computer five. <laughs> They're going to do brackets on this new thing they want to call the internet. How do you write your tricks on a computer? <laughs> you can't write on the screen. You can't read nothing after you do. <laughs> well, and that's the thing, too. It takes out the fun, because I know my dad would love abbreviating, because you can't, for the life of you, write Valparaiso. In the Indiana University, spot. Purdue University yeah, right. of Indiana. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that. So, IUPUA or whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> so Vanderbilt became Vandy. Gonzaga yeah, was yeah. just Zaga. I wrote yep. Zag. You know, Syracuse was never Syracuse. It was no, it's Cuse. Yep. With an apostrophe. Yes, though. of course. But you can't do that online. Now it's out. Well, I will tell you what. I still do that. I still print a bracket and make my picks on Facebook. Oh, me too. And then I have to, I have to, you know, put it into the computer afterwards. But my picks are always done on. We the might have to. Jordan 
Do... Like the show, I, I make a list yeah. of like 116, 215, 314. I, I do that list on a piece of paper, printer paper, so I can write really fast and really huge. And then I like hand write it out on a bracket. Even though you can print them out, I have like a biggest smile on my face right now. I still write it out. I really do. It's <laughs> <laughs> most of the fun, man. It is fun. And all this technology, it kind of takes away from. The old school enjoyment, like it's just like with, when you go to baseball games and you'll see people buy the program and the score sheet, and they keep the score on the sheet with like the runs and yeah, like the definitely. hits and the oh, outs yeah. and all that stuff. Like my dad used to like to do that, and now there's like go on your CBS Sports app and you can see it all. Like yeah, I would bet money Scott and or Andrew still score games at a baseball game. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, you know that's a lost art. Yep. <laughs> No, it's fantastic. I, I, I used to I love know. doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a little tougher with the kid, but, you know, I, I'm pointing out to her, yeah, yeah. okay, what does the backwards K mean? You know, all those things like that. That's the good stuff. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice tie-in. Ah. So, anyway, that, that, that wraps up the uh, the two sports offerings. So, we're looking for people, to, again, DM about the baseball league. Uh, look for the link for the basketball brackets as soon as those drop, and uh, we hope everybody can participate. Woohoo! Oh, that's awesome. Well, thanks. And uh, so talking about Tiki trotting, Tiki being uh, kind of the genesis for the idea for this episode, Universal Studios is going to be unveiling <laughs> on the same day that Avatar Land opens their uh, third, what they're calling their third theme park, Volcano Bay. And they're calling it a water theme park, which when they initially did that, people thought it was a typo. Water parks are not usually considered theme parks. When you think about Walt Disney World, everybody talks about the four theme parks. Disney themselves even say, oh, and water parks and more. Right. So they kind of, they kind of you know, put it to like a lesser status. But I'm starting to think about, what is, if we, if we go back, why can't it be a water theme park? What, what makes a theme park a theme park? Um, and I think I threw that out on Twitter, or at least in a text to us. Um, Dean, you looked up the definition of a theme park. Well, yeah, I think it's interesting because, you know, if you look back on the history, something like Lake Complex, which you mentioned, they brag as being the longest continuously operating amusement park. And that's because they've been open every year since 1846, although they would have to admit they had some lean years there in the late 80s, early 90s. They would open for like four weeks in the summer just to say they opened. Um, <laughs> so they, they're much better now. They, they're much more of a full seasonal operation. They are not year-round. Uh, but again, they strongly advertise themselves as an amusement park. So the credit for the first theme park really goes to Santa Claus Land. Um, a lot of people think it actually goes to Disneyland, but Santa Claus Land predates Disneyland by about nine years. And it's, of course, as you might imply, uh, implied from the name, themed to Christmas. And so I think it's really that distinction about having that strong, either central theme to the entire park like a Santa Claus Land has, or having regional or area themes like a Disneyland and subsequently the parks in Walt Disney World have that distinguishes an, a theme park from an amusement park. So amusement park, you're walking down your main alley and, and here's a roller coaster followed by a spinner, followed by maybe a character meet and greet, all that have nothing in common. A theme park is really trying to make you feel that when you step into a particular area of the park, you've moved into that type of world. You've moved into a centrally located theme for that area. So picture Tomorrowland. When you walk in there, they want everything there to feel futuristic, to feel tomorrow-ish, if you will. 
And so I think that's really the distinction we're looking at. And so the, the question you're putting out there is an interesting one is, if Volcano Bay, and I'm going to spin your question a little bit, if Volcano Bay is actually a theme park, why doesn't, yeah. di- why doesn't Disney recognize Blizzard Beach and Typhoon Lagoon as one? And maybe we can try to explore some similarities and some differences. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and on that note, you know, again, we'll go in a, a little bit in depth of what Volcano Bay is purported to be. It is all around that water is life. That is, you know, kind of very similar to Animal Kingdom's kind of central thesis of, you know, humans and animals and the environment are all like one in the same. So they are, they are using water as their um, mode of transportation, their basic mode of transportation in Volcano Bay. The Lazy River, as far as goes by the entrance to every ride in the park. Wow, I didn't know. That's cool. Yeah, it kind of makes like a star shape, like a compass rose, using the volcano in the middle as kind of the central focal point. So the Lazy River goes out and then comes back in, and then goes out and comes back in, and goes out and comes back in, and then you go back around. So that if you wanted to, you really didn't have to walk very much uh, to go from ride to ride. Um... That being said, the whole park has a central thesis, just like Blizzard Beach and Typhoon Lagoon. I mean, everybody knows the story of, you know, Miss Tilly on top of Mount Mayday um, for Typhoon Lagoon, and everything is around, you know, you see things that are quote-unquote wrecked or, you know, something out of place, and and that's the theme for Typhoon Lagoon. Blizzard Beach, that freak snowstorm, and the Imagineers decide to build a ski resort. Everything is themed around that central thing. So I, 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 I think maybe Universal is being a little bit in a leader position of taking the stand that, hey, this is a theme park. All of the attractions happen to be water-based. So, you know, again, Disney Twitter was, was mostly snickering and a little bit negative about it. I can kind of see the argument. But, um, you know, it, well, Amy, think- what do you think? Or Dean, because Amy's not talking. I was going to go with, uh, you know, the one thing I would think one of these criticisms, the snickering was for, if you look at Disney's price structure, the theme parks, we'll go with that, the four theme parks have a different price than the two water parks on a day pass. Whereas I think Universal is trying to encompass this and say, look, we have three theme parks now. And people often don't view a water park as a place they're going to be from open to close. And I think uh, you'll find Volcano Bay is trying to change that approach. Yeah, they def- they definitely are trying to change that approach. I still don't know. And I am the biggest lover of water parks that I know. I don't know if I can spend more than five hours there in a day. And I think that's where it really comes into the difference between going to a theme park or even an amusement park for that matter. I can't spend the day. Because <laughs> I don't I can- know if I can spend five hours at Hollywood Studios, but that's a different issue. <laughs> You would do that just waiting for the great movie ride, um, the or, or or honestly waiting for Fantasmic at the end of the night. The she was waiting for the opportunity. Yeah, she didn't say anything. Wait till they say something I can sing. <laughs> but I mean, but I did I did want to get your uh, opinion, Amy. Do you do you what do you think of Universal calling? Volcano Bay, a water theme park. I mean, Dean and I eh. spoke. I mean, I, I can buy their argument, even if I don't necessarily agree with it. I don't buy it. I think it's all for 
PR push and trying trying to get the hype. I, I don't know. I, I'm never going to see a water park as a theme park, personally. Because even at, even at Kings Island, they do have a water park, but they don't call it part of Kings Island, the, the amusement park. They call it whatever I always forget the name of it because it's just like so irrelevant to me but uh, they do have you know a water park that's you know off to itself that you could take a train to from the theme park and go to but uh, no I'm not going to call a water park a theme park it's too separated and it's a different price and it's like an add-on with Disney and no no. Yeah, I mean, and the Six Flags Great Adventure has a water park next to it, Hurricane Harbor, which is, you know, the walkways and the eating establishments and all of the signage and everything is very much kind of Caribbean beach, not Caribbean beach resort, but, um, you know, <laughs> it, it's kind of kind of that Caribbean vibe. It's got palm trees. they got all kinds of neat tropical-looking plants and flowers and stuff, and it's all very well-themed. The rides themselves are not. So... It's very different from what Volcano Bay is doing, where the slides and everything are going to be incorporated into the rock work and hidden by trees and stuff like that. Whereas, you know, Hurricane Harbor is a lot of fun for water slides, and it's kind of neat to look around. I posted photos when we've gone. It's kind of neat to look around at some of the signage and some of the theming and the plants and all that, but they are not tied together. Well, I think that's the question, though. So, like, if you go to a place like Sesame Place that has a water park side of the, the whole park, it, you know, it's the same water slide you get anywhere else, and it might have Elmo perched on top, mm-hmm, but it's not mm-hmm. a themed attraction. So the question then is, do they just do a bad job at incorporating theming, or is it really just not themed? And I think that, that's what you're, you're pointing out, that they're doing a, a good job, potentially, at Volcano Bay, and a bad job at Hurricane Harbor. Right. But does that, does that mean it's not themed, or is it just poorly done? Well, and I think that might be the difference between Blizzard Beach... Typhoon Lagoon, and now Hurricane Harbor. You have three examples of water parks that have been taken to another level. You mean Volcano Bay, yeah. Is that what, it, what did I say? You said Hurricane Harbor again. Oh my yeah, gosh. Yeah, I mean, Typhoon yeah. Lagoon... Well, and you could even go back to... Um, oh, God, what was the name of the place over at Fort Wilderness? Oh, River um, Country, absolutely. River Country. That River actually River. might be more... If it wasn't so small... That might right, be that even might more of the water theme park. Exactly. So, um, you know, I, th- yeah. I think one thing we could we could explore is what makes a theme park a full theme park. So we talked about like we probably wouldn't stay at a water park more than five hours, but will it have all the elements you would want to keep you in a park all that time? So think about what the other, you know the Disney or even the Universal parks offer. You know, they offer entertainment in the morning, entertainment in the evening, dining places to get you through the day for something to eat, quick serve, sit down, uh, streetmosphere, all that kind of stuff. Is is that a, does that exist at the two Disney water parks, and will that exist at Volcano Bay? Um, well, I mean, let, let's look at um, you know, Amy. You said that you, you really would never go to a water park. What makes you go to theme parks? I mean, I know we've discussed your touring habits. So we don't have to go into detail, but. What do you look for in a theme park when you go? Well, what I look for in a theme park is distinct areas or an, or the overreaching theme of the entire park that picks you up out of the world, your everyday world that you're in, picks you up and sits you down someplace else. Whether it is 
Animal Kingdom sitting you down in Africa, Asia, um, Dino Land, USA, you know, wherever, you know, it's taking you out of reality and sitting you down someplace else and you're completely enveloped in the theme. You're in that place. Like Magic Kingdom, I think Frontierland does it really well, Mm -hmm. Magic Kingdom. Yep. Um... I don't think Hollywood Studios <laughs> does it very well right now as it is. Uh, they, uh, <laughs> parts of Sunset Boulevard, I think, because you're far enough yeah. away from the construction. Yeah. But yeah, I can understand that. But I would say Animal Kingdom does it best. You know, Frontierland does it really well. Pla- places where you Electric you umbrella. Feel like- <laughs> <laughs> oh, you. Mouse fear. I think Mouse a lot of. I think towards you. <laughs> <laughs> Mouse gear messes with your nose. I, oh I think my it's a gosh, lot of, the smell is so horrific. Bad. Oh my <laughs> god. Um, I think a lot of places in New Fantasyland did a great job with that. Yeah. Oh, classic Fantasyland is more like here's some storybook rides pulled together. You know, have at it, go to it. But New Fantasyland is more like hiding the rest of the world. You can't see anything else. Like, if you're back there around the backside of Mine Train, back there by Gaston's Tavern and all that stuff, you look like yeah. you really are in a village, you know? Little town, it's a quiet village. You look like you're really there. But if you go to a theme park, I mean, it's they do have themes in areas of Kings Island, which is the closest amusement park to me. They have sort of loose themes, like they have a western section that is not very western. They have sort of a loosely themed Bavarian section. Then they have the kids section that's been... It's been a ton of different things. It used to be Hanna-Barbera Land. It's been a Nickelodeon area. Um, just all different stuff. I think maybe now it's Charlie Brown and Snoopy. So they have that area. They have a, a, a boardwalk Coney Island themed area. But it's not... It doesn't transport you. Like you don't forget about the outside world. When you're in these areas, it's just a bunch of rides, you know, kind of, well, we have a scrambler, well, sticking in Coney Island, you know, like it, it doesn't yep. take you out of the world that you're in versus like yeah, Animal they're... Kingdom, Animal yeah. Kingdom, you go in like Africa and you feel like you are somewhere else. You don't feel like you're in Central Florida anymore at all. Yeah, and, and that's part of what um, where Six Flags Great Adventure falls flat. The theming for the, you know, the rides themselves are very well designed. And the theming around the rides, like, like landscaping and stuff like that, in the last, I'd say, 10 years, has been very good. They've, they've gone to great lengths to make sure that they plant trees and shrubs, and, and the queues are a little bit more interesting than just the regular switchbacks, although they tend to just go with switchbacks with the big sails up above. And they have a very loose theme, like, you know, there's, like, their version of Frontierland. And then they have these, the most, the most tenuous of connections between the rides and the theme. Like, Western, the Western Frontier area is where they have the Bizarro roller coaster, which is purple. 
But <laughs> <laughs> uh, they do the hoedown happening right in front of it. Yeah, the hoedown happening is there. But, but you know, like, it, and it used to be the Medusa coaster, which was, you know, it's the same coaster. It's fun, but they added like flame effects and they and they made it like Bizarro from Superman just to give it a little bit more of a theme. Uh, but you know, they they still have like Western elements. Like they they took the stagecoach wagon and they put bizarro wheels on it so like one of the wheels is square and they have a horse that is like stapled to the side of the barn and it's Ooh, like you know, well you know it's bizarro world so things happen where they shouldn't happen and it's it, a horse it, of a different color right it's one of those things though that you look at it and go really <laughs> really you did you did this like I'm, I'm trying to think of something it's 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 along the lines of if they put up a food and wine um themed like let's say a, a greek booth but they put it up and pretended it was a pavilion <laughs> you know it's like oh look it's white and it's got the blue kind of greek meandering design and it's got columns so let's call it greece there's now a different pavilion at epcot no right it's not going to cut it it's not going to cut it oh. and because it's kind of like the point, argument everybody had on chester and hester sorry right. No, 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 and and it's funny because you know you you'll have people like Lumangelo hmm, who will say no, it's supposed to be a cheesy roadside attraction. It's like yes, but we don't go to Disney for a roadside attraction. All right, so it goes back to are are you just bad at theming or was it intentional? And what you're right. describing is just bad. It's just bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's like well you tried, but then you get to some of the you know the newer I think you know it's the new management and the newer coasters that they built and some of the new areas. Um, and then and then they'll completely go and like they build Joker last year and there's no theming, no shrubs, no attract. You walk in and it's at the end of their main street. It's just like, OK, so it's like you tried. But then at the same time, they're not going to spend too much time and effort on it. It seems like only Disney and Universal are really engaged in building that immersion to transport you to somewhere else, which is a long, long way about saying, OK, Amy, given your first criteria of a theme park, Volcano Bay seems to pass that test. Where I think it fails is some of the things that Dean brought up. As far as I know, there is no outside of the rides or things that you actively do or things that you just kind of eat. There is no entertainment in the park. As far as I know, there are no shows. There is no welcome show. I mean, they might do something with regard. You know, we don't know. It won't open until Memorial Day. But most theme, most water parks, however, don't have some kind of entertainment like that. Well, I mean, it sounds to me like the same thing that Blizzard Beach and Typhoon Lagoon are, and right. we don't call them theme parks. Nope. They're water parks. Right. So I don't I don't know what makes Volcano Bay different from all of the other water parks. I mean it certainly sounds like it's going to be a huge step up from Wet and Wild. <laughs> it's yeah, not yeah. like here's your industrial water you know, water slides and things that are just, you know, a bunch of tubes and metal and scaffolding and whatever with the highway clearly visible all around you on all four sides. It's not going to be that. It's going to be sort of enveloped and themed. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know what what they think 
is going to make it different from Typhoon Lagoon and Blizzard Beach. That's why I'm saying I don't buy their nomenclature of theme park for Volcano Bay. Now, let me say this. I don't know anything about Volcano Bay besides what you have told me about it. But I I can sort of imagine that it is going to be like lavish and themed and everything. But Typhoon Lagoon and Blizzard Beach are also lavish and themed. So I, I just don't really... I'm not buying it yet. I'm not buying it. Right. I, I can add that Oh, go ahead. Oh, no. What I was going to say, Amy, if you want to kind of envision at least what I'm seeing of Volcano Bay, picture uh-huh. the surrounding environment of the Polynesian, mm-hmm. but with every everywhere around you are water attractions to do. And I, and I say water attractions because it's not all just water slides. They've got kind of their version of the water roller coaster where it's got mm-hmm. the jets that will push you up the hill and stuff like that. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think going back to also your earlier point, it's got things for all people. If you don't want to get wet, you don't go to a water park. If you mm-hmm. don't want to get wet, you can choose not to ride a water ride at a theme park. Right. Right. Now, Which makes you, it, might, makes... you might unknowingly get on Pirates of the Caribbean and get wet. But... Um, <laughs> but, oh, uh, but, you know, you can choose not to go on Splash Mountain. Right, right. So, so uh, I don't go to water parks. It's just me. I don't go to water parks. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I mean, it sounds like it's gonna be all right for people that like water parks. I don't know. That's me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you're gonna be super excited about it when oh, you man. go on your big Florida trippy trip. Oh yes. Yeah. So one thing Volcano Bay is not doing is you know setting any records when it comes to size, and I think that's been no. somewhat uh, misconstrued by some of the people thinking about this on Twitter, especially that I've seen commentary. Um, if you compare it, Blizzard Beach is about 66 acres, and Typhoon Lagoon's 56 acres. This is going to be 53, supposedly. Right. So it's you know just call it the same size as Typhoon Lagoon, basically. So this is not breaking the you know the barriers of a hundred acre water park. No, no, no. Now what I do wonder is does the acreage for Blizzard Beach and Typhoon Lagoon include its parking lot? Are they including the overall footprint? Yeah, that's a, I, for I, that that's a area. Question. And and I don't know, I don't know if you can find that answer, but the reason that I say it is because Volcano Bay is using the parking structures for the other Orlando theme parks. You're not going to be able to park at Volcano Bay. You would park in the parking structure and then they will take it you on a tram to the entrance. Or if you're staying at Cabana Bay, you can walk. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like a, it's like close. your resort pool. <laughs> and I think that's yeah. a good point because and the other two, the Disney parks, are not anchored by resorts. And no, so no. this might see extra foot traffic just because people are going to buy the three park pass. And if they're staying there, it's like, hey, we'll go for a night swim. So you might get you know, one of the discussion points we could have is, do people do water parks at night? And I think historically the answer is no. But if you're that close to the park and your resort's right there, I think you're going to see that traffic. And not only that, but the regular Universal theme parks, much to the chagrin of a lot of Universal fans, they close typically at 7 or 8. Right. And you've got Volcano Bay, at least that I've seen, going to be open until 10. And when you have a theme park that is centered around a central volcano, and their concept art has, at night, the lighting changes to red, 
Now, how neat would it be if they have LEDs lining the Lazy River that are also red, so that at night, the Lazy River is a volcano river, where you're just in lava? I like it. How neat is that? So, I don't know if they're doing that, but if no, I were awesome, an Imagineer, yeah. or, you know, <laughs> if I was in Universal Creative, I, that's something that would be, in my mind, easy to execute and have a huge upside. And I've heard rumblings of nighttime shows, nighttime finales, if you will, so you oh. may still see that kind of stuff coming to Volcano Bay. Even if it's just like what they did in Las Vegas with the erupting volcano at the, what was it, the sands, the dunes, what was that, what was that? You know, well before yeah, yeah. the Bellagio Fountains. Right. But, uh, you know, they, they would have kind of the same thing. And that was done by former Disney Imagineers. Um, same with the pirate ship that sank um, over Treasure Island um, in Las Vegas. So, you know, kind of kind of neat, you know, to think about what they can possibly do. Um, but, you know, again, does that make it a theme park, though? I think really one of the things that, you know, you both have touched on is you have to have different attractions around a major you know, cohesive theme, but you have to have those attractions. I don't know if there's enough variety. You know, a water slide is a water slide, and a water raft ride is a water raft ride, and a water roller coaster is water, and then there's a lazy river water, and there's a wave pool water. But if you don't want to get wet, you're not going to go. Yeah, but at the same time, other amusement parks have log flume lards with big hills that you drop down, and then Disney yep. has Splash Mountain. Right. And that's the difference. Which, and that is theme, yes, 100%. <laughs> And, and that's what cracks me up, too, you know, to, going back to Disney Twitter, uh, you know, or rather the, the Misery Squad, um, <laughs> thanks to Drunk at Disney for, for coining that one, where they say, oh, it's, you know, let's, let's use Splash Mountain. Oh, it's just a log flume. No, it's not! Right. What? <laughs> Who says that? Well, but, but they're already using that for, I want like, names! Yeah, Who I said no that? Name. I will not give them the airtime on this on these airwaves. You're gonna text me with who says that Splash Mountain is just the log flume song. Well, there, strip there out the characters are, and the music and the cue and, and the mountain and the mountain, but you know, it, and it is. Yeah, but but that it, it totally devalues the effort that's going into it. A better example is the new two e trade e tickets, from what I'm reading about. The two new attractions are going to open with Pandora. You know, one of them I think Amy's really going to love with the boat ride. But people are saying, oh, it's just Pirates of the Caribbean on a different planet. Uh. But Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean is one of the best Disney attractions that's ever been made. You can't say it's, it like, just, it's just yes. like Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, what? They've been doing that since the 60s. It's nothing new. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> And then they've got, you know, the, the flight, flight of Passage, which, you know, from what, it, again, it's just Soarin', but you're sitting on the back of a, uh, of a dinosaur. Ah! <laughs> That's like taking a horror movie and saying, well, if you don't listen to the volume, like, just mute your te television. Yeah, it's not it's, scary. It's just a person jumping up off the couch. Well, no, because yeah. when you have the suspense built with the music and the action and the scream and you realize there's a person behind them, then it becomes scary. And that, that's the whole point, is adding that theme enhances your entire experience. Yes. Agreed. I think Volcano Bay is doing that. I think it does. I can't wait to experience it. I will be experiencing it in August. And uh, there may or may not be um, reporting <laughs> on it. I'll you it had way. better report on your Florida trip with as much 
fervor and detailed dedication as I reported. I don't my... know if that's possible. Oh, oh I you set yeah, but you set the bar impossibly high, Fosbury. What? I, I, I will flop. Who? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Dean got it. Mm. Fosbury was the guy who went over the high jump backwards for the first time. He, so he, he set a world going, record. Yeah, he invented going. He set a world over. record by like eight inches, because everybody else was going face face down over the bar, and he decided, you know, there's no rule that says I have to go face down. So he went back down, and, that and he set the Fosbury flop. Yep, he set mm. the world record by by a lot. You know, it might not be eight inches, but it was a lot, a lot. Everybody else was like, how? What? Whoa. <laughs> Mind blown. <laughs> Whoa. Anyway, so, I anyway. demand detailed reporting of all of your adventures. And I expect detailed reporting from all of Dean's adventures, which is a good time to tell all of our listeners to be sure to contact Dean for all of your travel needs at Adventure Is Out There Travel. <laughs> You are shameless, and we thank you. She's very shameless, and I will tell you, I have contacted Dean at Adventures Out There Travel to book my vacation coming up, and he's very um, thorough and professional in email communication. It was my honor. It was. Well, I think before we wrap up, I want to just kind of expand on criticism, I think, that takes place. Of some of the theme parks. So I think we're in agreement. Obviously, Magic Kingdom, pretty well done theme park. Animal Kingdom, yep. we think might, theming might be the best. What about yep. Epcot? And I bring See, Epcot up specifically is, because yeah. I, I look at World Showcase, <laughs> and World Showcase is like 11 amazingly well-themed lands. Yes. Uh-huh. I don't think yes. anyone would challenge yes. or question that. How many attractions are in those 11 lands? Two. Well, attractions... Well, like no, five. that's not true, because you got to count the shows. <laughs> There's two rides and, like, three or four shows. So, yeah. plus live... Well, and one of them, again, it's a show. Are we calling the American Adventure a show? Well, I don't... Yeah. I mean, think about it. It is. It's not a ride. It's a little more uh, than environmental fable. Oh, Do we carousel of progress just to show... I mean, no, the, the parts that's of it right, are moving. Moves. You move. Yeah, parts of it are moving. Are we going to call Hall of Presidents a show? That's a We're going to call Hall of Presidents closed for four years. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or, or more. Oh. Yeah, yeah, no. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Womp, womp. Thanks for bringing the show down, Amy. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done that in a while. I've, I've had an opportunity to do a Price is Right losers sound effect. <laughs> Love it. No, bum, I mean, bum, it's fair. Bum. There there are attractions throughout World Showcase. And if you, I mean, you could debate the merits of what quality you think they are. You know, I think a lot of people actually enjoy Agent P's adventures, enjoy the live entertainment, enjoy the shows that pop up along with the theater shows, etc. I'm not going to allow you to refer to Agent P's World Showcase Adventure as an attraction, sir. It is an attraction. No, it's It's not. It's something you can do in a theme park. Did you include it in the episode where we talked about attractions? I I better have because it's probably among my son's top five at that park. I don't think think you did. I don't remember it. I have spreadsheets here. 
He does. Oh, I, I, it's not an attraction. Discuss throwing, amongst yourself. I'm throwing a flag right in your face because wow. that's not an you attraction. Will, you will have to wave that flag off, rescind your technical because it is definitely an attraction. You know what, though? You did call Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom an attraction, and that is kind of like, kind of sort of like Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom. So I might have to give that to you. Yeah, I definitely skipped it, too. <laughs> wow! I gave, I gave advanced training lab attraction status and not Agent P. Sorry, Agent P. Scandal. But that is interesting, though, because if you go around World Showcase as a whole, it has multiple attractions. However, if you go to Italy, there isn't one. You go to Japan, there isn't one. If you go to Germany, well, if you count Beer Garden, but there isn't one. Um. <laughs> It, you you would never go to the Magic Kingdom and walk into a themed area and have nothing to do. <laughs> Except maybe Mickey's Birthday Land. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mickey's Birthday Land had the show. Had the it had a the meet characters and greet. that came out for it was Mickey's birthday. Yeah. And then they had Minnie Donald's Moo. Boat. They had the petting zoo. They had Minnie Moo the cow. Okay, but but th four of our five age groups were not playing on Donald's boat. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. You know what, I think I, did, we had like 10 plus attractions on Main Street USA. Yeah, we did. And that, was a, really, that was really a stretch Armstrong there for and, that and many that attractions is, for Main Street. But that, that's a themed area that I could go into, sit on a bench, and enjoy myself for an hour. You can. Oh, yeah. And, oh, that, yeah. and that does get to, I think, part of your larger point. It is very easy to grab... A takigori, kakigori, grab a kakigori and go sit in the gardens in Japan and just listen to that bamboo and just, you know, kind of have that area envelop you and you don't have to do anything other than just be there. I think that's a large part of what Animal Kingdom's attraction is too. You're just there. You're in Africa. You're there. And I have, think that's where future having a world Ferdinand fails. moment in Africa. Ferdinand, yes, perfect. Nice, that's very well said. The air is but, thick with brisket. Mmm, sounds delicious. At Flame Tree. Mmm. But now <laughs> flip, you know, flip the the script and go over to Future World, where there's a lot of concrete. <laughs> <laughs> there are some nice fountains. There are some nice garden areas. But there is a lot of concrete pathways you have to navigate to get inside a pavilion that actually has some theming. That's and then I will not give... themed. That, uh, well, Future World is I, not I, themed anymore. The well, Living okay. Seas has a theme. I, I will say that Future World's kind of um, World's Fair, Permanent World's Fair Expo for like the, you know, because really, you know, Epcot was those two World's Fair's ideas pushed together. But with the true, like, technological pavilion style, what really makes Future World work is the background music. Because you feel World's like... Fair. No, listen, World's... I'm not I'm letting World's Fair... I'm not letting World's Fair be a theme. I'm not letting World's Fair be <laughs> a theme. But it is! But that's like no. saying I'm not letting Chester Hester be a theme just because you don't like it. it right. It's still what they were attempting for a theme. It is a theme. It's not a good no, theme. No, listen, listen. Future World is actually my favorite themed land <laughs> themed in the aorist of quotes. In okay. all of Walt Disney World. Future World is... <laughs> in the aorist of quotes. Future World is my favorite. 
But, I'm t- man, I'm not letting a mishmash of stuff that's only there because of sponsorships that they close stuff down and just stick no, something no, 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 else no, no, in no, there back when up. it runs out. Back I'm up, not back, letting back Future back World up. be a theme. Because it was when it opened much more cohesive. The pavilions worked together. Yeah. They did have a cohesive theme. They were aluminum and shiny and, you know, stark white, and, and, and it did tie together. You had the glass pyramids of imagination, and you had the glass kind of uh, greenhouse look for the land. Um, you know, the Living Seas wasn't there yet, but the Living Seas matched in kind of tone the Spaceship Earth's Earth Station post-show area. Um, you know, you had Horizons, which was next to Universe of Energy. So, you know, you played on those two shapes together. You had the uh, cylindrical shape of World of Motion. It all worked together. And then they started bolting things onto World of Motion. And they oh, and then, <laughs> and then they knocked Epcot down Horizons. 94, Epcot yes. 94, Epcot yes. 95. And then that's when the and the, 10 and that's when deals. it just completely blew up. You're right. Yes, and I'm not letting Future World be a theme anymore. Because there's no more future in Future World. It I could agree. be named any it could be named Tomorrowland South. It could be named anything because Tomorrowland isn't even themed to the future anymore. And we still call it Tomorrowland. You got Stitch over here, you got Monsters Inc. over here, you got Buzz over here. And Tomorrowland isn't even the future anymore. Then there is no futurism left in Walt Disney World. And that was one of Walt Wow, Disney's futurism passions. is dead. That was one ABC. of his passions was Whoa. futurism, space. He was big on space exploration. He was big on on looking forward and having dreams and hope for the future. And it is gone, man. There's no futurism left in Walt Disney World. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna be controversial and say the there's future no futurism. It's there's the no there's no future <laughs> in Future World. Come on. I believe the children are our future. How well. listen? How long? How, how long have those same hydroponics been in living with the land since? Well, not the same. They've been harvested and served at the Garden Grill. It's the same technology <laughs> that has been there for decades. I'll the same stuff. The same stuff. But you know what? How- it still looks futuristic because you don't have hydroponic soilless plants floating through your living room yet. Amy killed futurism. Are you killing Dadaism too? Dada. I don't know what you're talking about. What about Bobo masks? Are you going to kill off Bobo masks? You're trying to just distract me from my the, point. The, the arts festival is returning in 2018, Amy. I'm just giving you some genres to consider. <sighs> wow. We have had art <laughs> since people were drawing on cave walls in in Spaceship Earth in like... The days of the caveman. Like, there is no... Can we stop and appreciate that animation for just a little bit? I I still don't know how they do it. Because it's really well done. Uh I can tell you if you really want to know. No, don't tell me. Um, No! And and what's funny is it reminds me... I'm not telling you. What what it's funny is it reminds me of the same type of animation that they did in the film Ice Age, which is completely not just... (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. I think of that, too. But, but they're both very well done. I love it. Well, and if you really want to tie things back, amusement parks came from the Bartholomew Fair back in 1133. So 1133. That should, that, that should show up in uh, Spaceship Earth. 
I'm just not down for calling Future World a themed area. It's just stuff that's still there because it either has a sponsorship or because Disney doesn't want to tear it out and put something else in there because they need the the you know they need a people eater in Epcot because Epcot doesn't have anything left. So they just leave it in there for the thoroughput of guests so that Fast Pass Plus isn't all, you know, destroyed. But I'm saying, like, they can do things to put a, a central theme back in, in Future World. I mean, all the plans that they had to make it, like, what was it, Discovery, Discovery Land or something? They were going to change yes. things. They were going to make, like, well, they did do that time racers and Spaceship Earth, all that crazy yeah. stuff. But now it's just, okay, do we have a sponsor for, you know, we got Horizons here. We don't feel like doing anything with Horizons. Oh, hey, here's HP. They're, they're going to sponsor us. Oh, okay, let's rip out Horizons and put in Mission Space. Like, it, it's just whatever they can get a sponsor to pay them for. And that, I hate that about it. I hate that about Future World. But I love Future World because I love, like Polly mentioned, the music, the, music. the background It is music. the greatest music. I mean, Animal Kingdom is getting close, I do have to say. And mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to see what they do with Pandora World of Avatar because I actually really enjoy the, the music um, from the movie. But Epcot still, that's the best theme park background music. Epcot is the best. And even the old Epcot background music, like we still play it on this podcast in the background. Yes, like, we do. The music from the music of the exterior of the land is the same yes. music that they used in 1982, which is yes. incredible to me. I hope and they it, never it gives it. you that nostalgia. It does. Like, I'm sure that first-time guests are like, dude, this sounds so, like, bell-bottomy. Like, so I will never forget <laughs> the first time that I recognized that the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald was playing in the Canada background. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. I know this song. I love that. There's all kinds of American side. <laughs> and Dean has hung up in his anger. No, I was just trying to decide if you were going Bob Dylan there. No, stop <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> like it. He's sailing on the Mimi. <laughs> oh, boy. Taking it back to Ben. <laughs> Afflucking it up. Affleck. Superman versus Mimi. Listen, I'm not going to hear any challenges, though, about Future World being... Future World is not a themed area. It has the name Future wow. World because they don't know what there's, to do. There's a hot take. There's they don't take. know what else to name it, and they're spending all of their time on World Showcase because World Showcase is where... The heart, the heart of Epcot has moved back to World Showcase. It used to be in Future World because there was all this optimism and this heart and this determination that we were going to make the world a better place, optimistic. Just you and me. Uh, it was, Sorry. you know, Future World was, was the heartbeat of Epcot. And now it's just an afterthought. It's an afterthought. It's whatever they can get money for and... You know, that's just the way it is. So I'm not going to accept that Future World is, is a themed area anymore. Nope. Unless the theme is a dollar sign. 
Wow. Whoa. But it's my favorite. It's still my Gauntlet favorite. Gauntlet thrown down. It's still my favorite land. Like, if you ask me what, like, if you could pick any area of any of the parks to be in, where would you want to be? I would still say Future World because I can sit there and listen to background music and have a snack and watch people go by. I love like record record a podcast. Yeah, maybe? record a podcast. Seriously. Like I, I I can I can sit in Future World and just be still and just listen to the music and listen to the water, like the rippling water, fountains, things like that. And, oh, I love that. And song. I can just be in peace in Future World, even though it's a shell of its former self and its former intent. So Now, interestingly, do you think that's because you have a personal history with Future World? Or do you think that modern-day, first-time visitor would feel the same way? I don't think they would. No, I don't I, think they, they have a tie to that not. music. <laughs> no, they absolutely would not feel that way. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's probably nostalgia for me, even though, like... The newer music that has come along that I love, like the current Innoventions loop, that hasn't been there when I used to love Horizons. You know, yeah. like, it, they did not overlap. There are things about newer Epcot that I've, you know, grabbed onto and that I adore and love and enjoy. But I'm sure nostalgia does play a huge part in the fact that I love it so much. But, man, first-time visitors... <sighs> I wonder what they do think about it because to me, Epcot Future World, to me, you can sort of compare it to like a Six Flags where it's very loosely themed and it's a bunch of rides thrown together that don't really have any cohesiveness. That is what Future World feels like to me now, except it's bigger buildings that cost more money. Like it, it doesn't seem like any of it goes together anymore. Right. I think that's an unfair ask, though. I think most first-timers are not getting into that level of detail in a theme park. I think they're looking for the macro stuff. They're going to the big attractions they heard about. Yep. They're checking out the characters for the first time. They're doing the rides. They're doing some of the bigger shows. I think it takes a few times, especially at a place like Epcot, to really enjoy the subtleties. Well, they're going for because they know that the thrill ride, the two thrill rides over there at Epcot our test track, and mission space. What do those two have to do with each other? Absolutely nothing. But they're there in Epcot and Future World, and they're going to go there and do those. And then, what else? Sorry. You, Sorry. you know, like, what else? Frozen. I mean, the none, number one attraction for seniors, Spaceship Earth. <laughs> but none of that stuff They're going to stay for Illuminations. Yeah. And they're going to do, uh, they're going to walk the mile and a half back to see the American Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> like you can't, you can't tell me that any of Honor that. Honor our vets, Amy. None of that has Honor to Honor them. Go to American Adventure. <sighs> no, you're you're not wrong, and I think, and I think that's part of you know, uh, it's part of why people are kind of humming, hammering, and hawing, and hemming, and hawing, and doing, and grooving, and complaining that Epcot is just not getting any love because they're throwing. <laughs> They're throwing festivals at it, and Festival of the Arts is coming back for next year. So, <laughs> I guess it was a success. But you know, it, but, uh, it, it's not it's not replacing the lost thematic integrity of, the, of half the park. And yeah, I saw a posting probably last week about theme park attendance. Yep. 
and uh, Magic Kingdom was number one, and Universal Japan was up there, as was Disneyland, and the number six uh, theme park in the world for attendance is Epcot. Well, so people are still going. Yeah, but they're going to festivals, though. (laughs) Sure. To to Amy's point, I don't think they're going to ride anything. No, but if you're corporate Disney, oh, you don't care. You are still getting, you're still getting your third most attended theme park. It's Epcot. Yep. That's probably why we're seeing studios get fixed yep, first. I agree. People who are going to Walt Disney World, they're typically not going to miss any of the parks. I wouldn't think. Like, if you're going to go to Walt Disney World, are you really going to go and only go to like two of the parks? Well, they must be, because studios in Animal Kingdom lag in attendance compared to Epcot and Magic Kingdom. Yeah, they do. But, but how I, many... Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's going to hold true after Pandora opens. Oh, it may it may not, but I, I'm, I'm, I mean, maybe I'm being hopeful. My hope is that these festivals, etc., are the band-aid to keep people coming to Epcot for another two years. I don't know. Years. I kind of want Epcot and to then fall we see flat something. on its face and get surpassed by Animal Kingdom this year it's and by studios oh, in will. two years regardless of how oh, many how many festivals they have no that that seems like a very real possibility especially what amy was just talking about the people on the multi-day vacation yeah. when they prioritize their parks are going to say of course i'm going to magic kingdom and then i want to see star wars land and right. hopefully they're saying i want to go see pandora right. although mm, I think after Star Wars Land opens, Pandora's going to be the place to go at night in Animal Kingdom. I don't think it's going to be a draw to go over to it. No, but it may be that if you're doing a third theme park on your five-day vacation, yep. and you're not planning on seeing yeah, all four, yep. it may be, may be the reason you go to Animal Yeah, that, that I can agree with. Plus, it's got the, you know, like we've like we've detailed, the, the best kind of quote-unquote grown-up coaster. That's not, you know, I mean, if you've got that or you've got the studio, studios can have Star Wars land. So Epcot might be that fourth park. Studio still has, you can't really downplay the fact either that studio still has Tower of Terror and Rock and Roller Coaster. uh, Sunset Boulevard is strong in general. Mm -hmm. Um, You've got those two anchor attractions right next to each other. And then you still have a whole bunch of stuff that kids can do. You know, still like kind of down at the end of Sunset Boulevard, but it's in the you know like the main animation courtyard thing. And then you've got Toy Story Land opening up, which no one talks about because everyone's talking about Star Wars. <laughs> right, and you still have Toy Story Midway Mania there today, which is probably among the ten best attractions at Walt Disney. Huge draw. So you know, it's so it's, it's yeah. For all it doesn't have, it has three of the fifteen top attractions that they right. offer, which are half the attractions. Maybe three of the top, half the attractions in the park, <laughs> half the attractions in the park. But <laughs> you know, and, and I don't, I don't think uh, you know the the star Star Wars stuff that's there now is an. I think it is enough there to get people interested. It's only going to be enhanced when you have Star Wars Land. But you know, we we could argue that point. I, you may be able to make the case three or four of the best top ten attractions, top twelve. Yeah. Are at the studios. Yeah, well, which is crazy to say when it has six attractions or five. Uh, well, you five said rides. that there were sixteen. It has more. Sir. It has, it, yeah, it has sixteen attractions. Sorry, we're, I'm, I'm talking. We are talking rides. Yeah, yes. sixteen attractions. Because five, when five, you go, go back to our original topic, Volcano Bay is about rides. It's not about attractions. And I think really. Do you know how many rides it's going to have? What's that? Do you know how many rides Volcano Bay is going to have? I think have? they said something like sixteen. And they're not counting things like when you go up the one water slide, you can take three different tubes. I don't think they're counting that. 
So that'd be one attraction. Right, that would be one attraction. And Lazy River is one Lazy River is one. You can enjoy that for 45 Correct, minutes yes. It's not like, oh, each segment is its own attraction. No. <laughs> it's like, it's... Well, no, but it's making the case that it could be a full day park. Right. I, I still don't know if I... Well, I mean, I'll, I'll be able to tell you firsthand if I could spend more than five hours there. Um, what I think might most end up happening is we'll go there in the morning one day and go there at night several days. That makes sense, especially where you're staying. Yeah, because we can walk. But, um, you know, just the, the ability to go to the different types of attractions that you want to, when you want to, and how you want to, that is the good stuff. This has been The Good Stuff. Thank you for listening to Butter and Bacon. For personalized trip planning services and expertise, please contact Becca via email at becca at adventuresoutthertravel.com on Twitter at AIOT Travel or visit our website, adventuresoutthertravel.com, where you can get more information, read our blog, subscribe to our newsletter, and request a quote. Let them know Butter and Bacon sent you. You can follow Butter and Bacon on Twitter at Butter and Bacon, on Instagram as Butter and Bacon Podcast, and please contact us via email at butterandbaconpodcast at gmail.com. To get the good stuff delivered hot and fresh, please subscribe to Butter and Bacon in your podcast app of choice. I'm not going to have your sass. I'm not going to have your sass. You're going to have my sass. You're going to take the sass. You're going to enjoy the sass. You're going to savor the sass. Polly, cover your sass. Episode 32. Savor the sass. Well, then you should move to Bowling Green, where it's closer to Cave City. So she's going to base her entire existence on... Dinosaur World? Uh, there, how many people do you know that have based their entire existence on moving towards Disney World? This is are you they, saying is this... that Disney World and Dinosaur World are the same? Okay, A, they both have world in their name. B, they both start with D. And C, they're both cutting edge for what they're trying to be. Okay, and B... They, and they both have dinosaurs. Yeah. B, they both start with D is fantastic and probably the best argument this show has ever heard. <laughs> So, when you're looking at this map, there's the Lexington Airport, the Louisville Airport, and the Cincinnati Airport. They make a nice little triangle. What about Frankfort? Frankfort has an airport. Why are you pronouncing things? I'm just messing with it now. <laughs> why is everything a German... Why is everything a German pronunciation to you? Hamburg? Um, Hamburg Frankfurt. cracks me up. I, He's I, adding U's where they don't my, exist. My last name is German in descent, so, uh, you know, I'm forced He's to... He's like... Mr. Umlau over there. <laughs> exactly. Oh, there it is. Underscore Umlau. I might change. I'm changing my screen name to Mr. Umlau. You should. Please first, do. First, I have to figure out how to spell Umlau. I'm going to make that for breakfast. I'm going to make a ham and cheese omelet. There you go. A ham and cheese omelet for breakfast. Tell me, have you heard about the bird? Well, Peter's going to tell you about the bird. Well, have you heard about Larry Bird?
I am going to have some wonderful clam chowder. 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 Amy, do they make chowder, in, do they make chowder in Kentucky? Um, I mean... I can guarantee they, the chowder I'm eating, you can eat today. You can well, go to the store I, and you can buy cause, it. Because Chunky's it, made it? It's Campbell's. Oh, Campbell's? Yes. <laughs> it's Campbell's I mean, Chunky. <laughs> they have clam chowder at Red Lobster. Yeah, you do a lot of clamming in Kentucky, I bet. <laughs> the oh, shorelines yeah. of Kentucky. <laughs> oh, yeah, we do a lot of shelling. Put on those clam diggers and get out there at low tide. Come on. Oh, my God. Yeah, we, we do. We uh, pull those cages Wait, in. Kentucky doesn't know from low tide. <laughs> There's no tidal no, water t- basins well, in Kentucky. No, not on their coast. The coastline of Kentucky? So. The shoreline. 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 Sorry, the shoreline of Kentucky. She's not going to have our sass, sir. No, that's a good point. What color are the mountains mm. in Kentucky? Wow. They don't have the blue mountains down there. You're going to make her quit the show. Knock it off. It ties into what we've spoken about before, particularly with Epcot. Oh, we have? Yeah, because we talked about how Epcot is a different type of park. Is it still a theme park? <laughs> and then we can, yeah, I mean, there's, there's much opportunity for snark. Is because you... <laughs> Listen to you. Of course, wow. of course it's not. What's wrong with Wow. <laughs> I beg to differ. Wow. Well, save it for the show. Uh, Six Flags, we have Hurricane Harbor and Great Adventure. And it it is a very fun... It is a very fun... I'm going to start that again. Three, two, one. Three, two, one. One, two, three. <laughs> doesn't work the same that way. No. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro. Cuatro. Oh, hey, the power just came back on. Oh, Woo-hoo, yeah, I, I heard you, your microwave or whatever. You, yeah, you heard oh, the you, refrigerator. You'll break it. <laughs> you'll break it. We can fix it. This is money. So you came in and fixed your electricity. <laughs> oh, man. That's awesome. Let's go and fix it right. Twist to turn. <laughs> make it tight. Do-do. Something, something. Spanish part. We work together. Something, something. Spanish part. Well, it worked. It worked, didn't it? You gonna use this Worcestershire sauce? <laughs> Worcestershire. <laughs> <laughs> My dad calls it Worcestershire. Is that how you that's say it? That's pretty close. Cool. I say. I don't call it Worcester sauce, which when I do, I'm making fun of Massachusetts when I do yes, that. You are. <laughs> the town of Worcester. Yes, Worcester. I say Worcestershire. I say yeah, Worcestershire. that's how my dad says it. Yeah, Worcestershire. Say, what's this here sauce? What's this here? What? What's this here? That's funny. <laughs> Steak sauce. A1. I call it A1. And she's like, filet mignon, I don't eat fish. And she's like, adamant. <laughs> And so Kevin, because it's a fillet. Yes. <laughs> Kevin looks at me and goes, "That's steak." It's a fillet of fish. Oh, I always thought mignon was a type of fish. Oh no! All right, back to the water. I hear you. I, I hear you. You hear the bood? I hear the bood. Hey, Dini. Hey, Dini. Hey, Dini! 
How much she has no follow up to that? <laughs> no, just the I, I'm <laughs> waiting for someone to acknowledge just, the fact that they're being addressed. She's just sitting on the stoop, <laughs> yelling out at Dee in the boot, walking by. Yeah. Hey, Dini in the boot, hey. Right, right from her East Haven perch. Ugh. Now for the world's longest segue back to what I was talking about. Which what, was were the, even, well, what are we even doing? Are we even doing a show? Yes. None, of, yes, none, of that is, none of that is staying in the show. Are nope, we even nope, doing a show? Not. Yes, we are. Are you sure? Once again. Give me a three, two, one. Three, two, one. Oh, I, I, was look, I was looking at pictures of beagles. Oh. A- Amy just then went, but, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Skype. Skype totally goaded you. you. You got Skyped. You got Skyped. Hadney, please put that in the outtake. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. There, there will be much rejoicing by me on that. Um, and, and, you know, and we didn't even really get into, um, there's another type of, and I'm not sure it's really a theme park, and I don't even think they call themselves a theme park. Water-based, and it's Discovery Cove, which is Sea World's basically private island in the middle of Orlando, <laughs> um, where you can swim with dolphins and you can hang out at a beach and you can, you know, you can just kind of relax, and it's all inclusive. So it is like going kind of to a private island. But Are you going to go there? Yes. Are you going to Dolphin Cove? I'm going to Discovery Cove, but I'm not going to swim with the dolphins. I called it Dolphin Cove. Well, I mean, you did. Dolphin Cove was, sounds like a 1990s um, like Fox TV show right after Melrose Place. Dolphin it totally Cove. does. Right? Dolphin Cove. I think Hasselhoff was Last, in that. Hasselhoff and Daphne Zuniga. <laughs> it sounds like that show that was on the Disney Channel that I used to love when I was a kid called Danger Bay, and it was yes! a family. I think they lived in Alaska, and like it, I think they had like a pet otter. There was Danger Bay, and then you had Thunder in Paradise with Hulk Hogan. <laughs> and the theme song is like da 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 da. I can remember everything about Danger Bay. Oh my gosh. I used to love Danger Bay. And then Any episode plane. where we get Amy singing is good. They had that plane that they yes. would fly around in all the well, time. Well, you have to. I mean, it's it's Alaska. You yeah. plane. Oh, I wonder if that was Carrie on Golden Sun. I wonder if she was the little girl on Danger Bay. and now she's I definitely think up. so. Yes. Yeah. She's or she might have been one danger she bear. Yeah, she might have been <laughs> one of the bears. Well, we knew that. I mean, she she's part of uh, Brother Bear, isn't she? Well, she is a bear, so she's you know who she might be. She might be the mom from Brave. Only she oh, didn't really terrifying. change back. Yeah, she didn't really Ooh, change back. That's, now you're bringing the show down. But but did she ever go on the voyage of the Mimi? Come on, you know that show. Am I the only what? one who knows Voyage of the Mimi? No, I don't know it. Oh, I've never heard of that. You, that that is a Googleable offense. You need to get on that. That is uh, <laughs> That is a Ben Affleck's entrance into stardom. Oh my goodness! Yes, we used to watch that in uh, elementary school at our like we had a uh, a pullout program all about aquatic stuff, aquatic life, marine life. Uh, that kind of stuff in Voyage of the Little Voyage, yeah, not the Little Mermaid. Voyage of the Mimi was uh, 
one of the things we had to watch. Voyage uh, of the Mimi. M I M I. M I M I, I believe. Why? The Mimi was a French built sailboat, 72 feet in length, originally built in 1934. 72 feet doesn't seem like it's very long. No, it must have been a hell of a voyage they had. Um, ben Affleck played Clement Tyler, which was C.T. Granville. This was a nice Clement name. Tyler? That was his name. Oh, my darling. Oh, my darling. Oh, my darling, Clement Tyler. It was shot in... Mar- You're going to like this one, Paulie. Shot in Marblehead, Massachusetts. Oh, boy. Oh, I thought you were going to say... He Clement was Tyler lost was in Gone Girl Forever. <laughs> <laughs> he was shot and left for dead. Oh, my oh, Wow. Well, that, that would fit in because some of the scenes were shot on Dyer Island in Maine. Oh, my gosh. 1984, PBS. Ben Affleck. PBS. And everyone thought Mallrats was the star turn. You have to talk, so. Yeah, but I I don't. We have to record two more seconds. We do? We do. Okay, well, you start doing You want to mention the baseball thing in the... uh, in the basketball thing. That's true. Need to... What are we okay. recording? Oh, March Madness is yes. like nine so days. So you and Amy talk about that first, and then I'll come back. Oh, you. Right. Jingle bell, jingle bam. <laughs>